0: Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, continuing our dialogue about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today, I want to talk about a common problem that most ministry leaders face, and that is leading meetings. Leaders go to meetings, a lot of meetings. And in those meetings, we try to get productive things done, but we often leave frustrated. Because quite frankly, a lot of meetings are boring, are ineffective, and are wastes of time. So how do we fix the problem? We're not going to eliminate meetings. We're going to have staff meetings, elders meetings, team meetings, planning meetings, strategic meetings. We're going to have... uh, Meetings that take place daily or weekly or monthly or quarterly or annually, we're going to have meetings. So how can we have a more intentional plan in place, a more intentional strategic viewpoint, if you will, that makes meetings more effective? Well, there's two big parts to solving this problem that I want to talk about today. The first is this. The first solution To having better meetings is to learn to facilitate relevant, constructive, ideological conflict in your meetings. Now you're thinking, no, 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 no. I do not want conflict in meetings. That's why I dread them. Well, That's because you're having the wrong kind of conflict. Meetings should never include personal sniping, attacking individuals or saying things to or about individuals in a meeting, or turf protection. Having conflict because you're defending yourselves, you're defending your turf, or you're trying to make a point about... Something in your department or your area or your ministry that you don't want touched. So when conflict is personal, people are getting at each other individually, sniping, if you will. Or when the conflict is turf protection or in some way designed to prohibit or limit or, or keep change from happening. Yeah, that kind of conflict is not healthy. But let's go back to the key words I use to describe the kind of conflict we want to have in meetings. We want to have relevant, constructive, ideological conflict that focuses on how to fulfill the mission of our organization. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing you have to do is, as a leader, develop the security of knowing that you don't have all the answers, and that you really do need a team of people to produce the best results possible. If you think you're going into every meeting and you're going to tell everyone uh, everything they need to hear, you're going to wow them with your brilliance, then you're not, you're not going to have productive meetings. You're going to have bored people sitting around doodling, wishing the time would go faster so they could get out of the meeting where you're telling them how wonderful you are and how smart you are and how here's what they all, all ought to go and do. But if you can get over yourself and develop enough security to recognize that you need other people to give productive, constructive, relevant input on real problems and that by doing that you're going to get better solutions, then you've taken step one to having the right kind of conflict in meetings. Second thing is once you've made that decision that I need the input of others to make the best decision possible. I don't have all the answers and the meeting is not about me telling people what to do. Then learn to present problems, not solutions as you lead out in the agenda of your meeting. So rather than saying, um, first item on the agenda is this, and here's the solution of what we're going to do about it. Say the first item on the agenda is this particular problem. Is anyone else seeing this besides me? And if so, what are some things you guys think we could do about solving this problem? How can we fix this? Now, you may say, yeah, but I'm going to hear the same thing maybe from my team that I've thought of. Great. No problem. Let them have the credit for giving the idea. But you say, well, what if I get a new idea, a better idea, something I hadn't thought of yet? Yeah, that's what you're really listening for. So learn to present problems, not just solutions, and see how the discussion unfolds. For example, yesterday I was in a meeting, and I said, here's the problem as I understand it. Here are at least two different paths of solutions I think we can go down why don't you guys talk to me about what you see as what it would mean to go down those paths. And if there's another path or two or three, lay those out for me as well. And pretty quickly the group said, yeah, those kind of two broad paths are the two broad kinds of solutions that we can think of here. And then they started debating among themselves, which one of those was going to work best, which path would be most productive. What were some of the pitfalls that we might encounter as we went down either direction, and as I listened to the conversation, I heard new ideas. I also picked up the tend, the, uh, sort of the direction of the group, if you will, by listening to what was being said. And after a few minutes of that discussion, I was able to say, well, let me summarize what I'm hearing and see if this is where we are. And I was able to pull it together and summarize what I was hearing and get agreement that that's what we were saying. And a direction emerged of toward a solution that we could implement. Now In that context, we got a better solution than the one I was proposing because I didn't really propose a solution. I just proposed a couple of general directions I thought we could go. And then I also got consensus, buy-in, ownership because of that discussion that it took place around solving the presenting problem. So in order to Facilitate the right kind of conflict, the right kind of discussion, the right kind of input, the right kind of real relevant conversation about an issue at hand. Learn to present problems first, not solutions. And then, second, learn to present a problem in a way that really matters to the people in the room. In other words, a few years ago when we were going into the pandemic, you know, I had a meeting and Rather than saying, okay, we need to have a meeting here in the pandemic to figure out, um, you know, h- how to cut $100,000 out of our spending. I, I, didn't-, I didn't say that. Instead, I-, I called people together and I said, okay, here's what needs to happen. You guys need to figure out a way to keep your salary and benefits next year. And in order to do that, you got to find $100,000 that we can cut that doesn't impact salary and benefits. So immediately everybody around the table looked at me like, okay, I'm on top of that. The problem is I got to find a way to preserve my salary and benefits. I want to solve that problem. I want to solve that problem right now. I don't want to solve that problem today. Okay. So rather than give them a generic blah, 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 we need to cut the budget or we need to figure out something about the finances. I gave them the issue, the problem, if you will, presented in a way that really mattered to them. And when they saw how much it mattered to them, the solution we were trying to find, then suddenly the motivation level went up significantly. A third thing that you can do to facilitate this kind of relevant, constructive, what I call ideological conflict where you have real, honest sharing of differences of opinion about how to solve a problem, a third thing to do is to seek out those issues and actually draw it out of team members that they don't agree. Now, you don't have to put people on the spot and say, well, Tom, you told me yesterday you don't agree with this. But you can say, Tom, you shared a perspective with me about this. Why don't you share it with the group? And then Tom can make the decision about how far he wants to go with what he said to you privately. But nevertheless, you're giving him the opportunity to bring up a perspective that may not be shared by everyone in the room. And you know that but you want to get it on the table because you want that discussion to take place. And then another part of this is helping people to understand that this kind of productive, honest dialogue, this kind of relevant ideological conflict, if you will, over ideas or, and finding solutions to problems is not only permissible, but actually advantageous to the organization. And you do this by both giving them assurances that you want this kind of dialogue to take place, but also then by not shutting it down when it starts to happen, and then by highlighting and rewarding people by reminding them of how effective this process was when it brings about a solution that perhaps no one in the group had anticipated when they first started having the conversation. So not only do you give these assurances by simply giving assurances, But you underscore the reality of these assurances by how you respond during these kinds of conflict discussions that are taking place. Now, let's go back to what I said at the beginning. This is not about personal sniping, turf protection, uh, arguing trivia about the organization or making things or trying to keep things the way they've always been or defending the way you want it done. That's not what we're talking about. That kind of conflict is unproductive and you can't really allow or facilitate that in meetings if you want to get anywhere. I'm talking about mission-driven, ideological conflict, relevant discussion about real problems so that you continually say, here is a problem that's keeping us from fulfilling our mission. Let's find some solutions. And here is the problem, and I'm presenting it to you in a way that really matters to you as an employee or a church member, because I want you to understand that this is not just an ethereal problem we're trying to solve. This is a personal issue that you got to deal with. And I want us to assure that we can have these kind of frank conversations, knowing that when we have them, this is going to be a safe place for that to to occur. You know, I've been working for a long time here at Gateway Seminary, and I I work with a group of vice presidents. Then we have this kind of relationship I'm describing. We have this kind of meetings on a regular basis. There is almost never a meeting that goes by that we don't have some serious differences of opinion or perspective on issues at hand. Uh, We have disagreements like this in every meeting, and I facilitate them. I do that by the things I'm teaching you today. I present problems that need solutions. I present those problems, excuse me, I present problems instead of solutions. And I present those problems in the context of uh, problems that really matter to the people sitting around the table. And I present those problems in the context of limitations on our mission. And I present those problems in such a way that they are going to draw out of people honest, ideological, conflict, relevant, discussion and relevant observation about what really needs to happen to advance our organization now because we've built this culture we don't have any of this personal sniping or turf guarding or that kind of uh, negativity taking place that I've said you have to move away from we've actually built a culture of this kind of productive meeting that really does advance the cause of Gateway Seminary by bringing us to solutions that are better than any one of us could have come up with on our own. So, if you want to stop having boring, ineffective, time-wasting meetings, first, develop a context in which you facilitate relevant, constructive, ideological conflict, honest differences of opinion, honest perspective being shared, honest solutions being proposed about real problems that are limiting you from accomplishing your mission. And as long as everyone stays focused on the problems at hand and the mission that must be accomplished, these meetings will be invigorating and productive. Now that's part one. The second part of how to lead more effective meetings is to understand the need for different kinds of meetings in a ministry organization. Now, in order to teach you this, I'm uh, I'm going to borrow from a book called Death by Meeting by Patrick Lencioni. It's an excellent book, Death by Meeting. It's a book that helps organizations think about how to have more productive meetings. He says this in the book, He says, too many organizations have only one kind of regular meeting, often called a staff meeting. Either once a week or twice a month, people get together for two or three hours of randomly focused discussion about everything from strategy to tactics, from administrivia to culture. Because there is no clarity around what topics are appropriate, there is no clear context for the various discussions that take place. In the end, little is decided. Because the participants have a hard time figuring out whether they're supposed to be debating, voting, brainstorming, weighing in, or just listening. Death by meeting. So, Lencioni proposes in his model that every organization needs four different kinds of meetings. Now, I've worked with his model enough to believe that ministry organizations usually need Three of these four kinds of meetings We definitely can use the first two And his three and four I sort of morph into one kind of meeting And it's because ministry organizations And churches tend to be a little different In terms of their structure Than corporations and corporate culture uh, allows And so let me teach you today The three kinds of meetings That would be very helpful for you In a ministry organization The first kind of meeting is what I call the daily check-in. The daily check-in. Now, what's the purpose? It's to share immediate needs and activities. And the time of the daily check-in is the first thing every morning. And the length of the daily check-in is no more than 10 minutes. So we're going to have a 10-minute meeting every morning to share immediate needs and activities. Now, the best location to have this is a public location where everyone stands up. Don't have this meeting in a conference room. Don't have this meeting in a break room. Don't have this meeting in your office. Don't invite people to sit down. Now, they can bring a cup of coffee if they want to, but they've got to stand up for this meeting. Now, who participates? Everyone on the team or the work group. And it usually works best in smaller work groups when there's only four to seven people involved. Now, when you have one of these daily check-in meetings, the process for the meeting is to ask two key questions. First question, what are you doing today to accomplish our goals? What are you doing today to accomplish our goals? And you rapid-fire go around and the four or five people in the circle, each one says, boom, 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 here's what I'm doing today to accomplish our goals. And then the second question is what do you need from each other to get that done? A good daily check-in eliminates about five emails from each person every day trying to get people to do what they need them done to get their job done. So the daily check-in is what do you do or excuse me, what are you doing today to accomplish our goals? And what do you need from each other to get that done? Now, How do you use a daily check in or in what departments or settings? Well, obviously, you're going to use a daily check in in a context where the work is, or the people are really focused on getting work or work projects done that are very measurable, that are very daily oriented, that need to be done in the immediate moment. All right? So, how do we use the daily check in here at Gateway Seminary? Well, Uh, We use it in a couple of ways. First of all, we have a a department that uses this. They use it very well. Our um, student services area has within it a group of people called enrollment counselors. There's four or five of them. And their responsibility is to make sure that students get enrolled at Gateway Seminary. And they have A mountain of daily responsibilities, of emails, of phone calls, of contacts, of text returns, of helping people push their applications through the process and get to the point of being enrolled in our school. Now, these people that do this job are all full-time employees, and they typically are younger employees, younger professionals getting their first real taste of what it means to have a full-time salaried position in an organization that has high expectations for their performance. And so their supervisor meets with them every day for a daily check-in. I think they meet at like 810 every morning. And they meet for 10 minutes, they stand up and they go around the circle and they ask the two questions I've just asked of you. What are we what are you doing today to accomplish our goals? And what do you need from each other to get that done? It's a rapid fire meeting of people just sharing what's going on and what needs to be done, and then boom, everybody gets to work. Now you say, well, these people also travel. What if they're on the road? They do it. They do the daily check-in by Zoom, by on the, being on their phone. Somebody holds up a phone and they stand there with that person that's Zoomed in to the meeting there with them. And this kind of daily process keeps people motivated and focused and getting the work done. Now, I use a similar kind of meeting in my office with my assistant where each day early in the morning, I typically say, what are you doing today? What do you need for me to get that done? What are we working on right now? And what what do what do you need from me? And what do I need from you to be effective today? And we usually just spend five seven minutes doing that, and we're set for the day. So the daily check in is a meeting that is consistent. It's daily. It works best when you're thinking about things that are task and deadline focused. It really is helpful for younger or less experienced employees who just need that daily help to stay focused in it and and uh, on their task and on what needs to be done the daily check-in. Now, that's one kind of meeting, and this can be used in a ministry organization. It can be used in any kind of a situation where you have people who are task oriented, working on getting something done, that are pretty consistent in their work schedule, and need help to be focused in this regard. Now, the second kind of meeting is called the weekly tactical. The weekly tactical. Now, what's the purpose of this? This is to focus on tactics are to focus on how to get things done. The weekly tactical is usually held for 45 to say 90 minutes. Here at Gateway, our weekly tactical goes a little longer, sometimes goes two hours. Um, we usually spend the first 15 minutes of that uh, just talking and catching up on our weekends, and then we pray together and that kind of thing. So the actual meeting portion itself is a little more than 90 minutes, but not much more than that. So the consistent meeting time and place for us is in a conference room. Um, we want it to be comfortable, so this meeting is going to last longer. We need technology available to us. In our context, we need uh, have a Zoom link. We need to have a screen that we can project a slide so that we can make presentations to each other and bring information that we can all look at and we have, need a Zoom link for people who are traveling who need to get into the meeting on a weekly basis without being able to be physically present. You get all that. So the weekly tactical is a 45 to 90-minute meeting, maybe a little longer at times, <clears throat> that focuses on getting things done. It meets in a conference room. It's a consistent meeting. It's in a comfortable context. It has the appropriate uh, ter- uh, technology available to facilitate whatever's going to need to be done in the meeting. Now, who participates? Well, People like managers or supervisors or team members, the people who are going to implement the work that has to be done in your organization, that's who comes to this meeting. All right? So the tactical implementers attend the weekly tactical meeting. Now, uh, how do you do one of these meetings well? Well, here's, um, here's some suggestions. Number one, you do need an agenda. Now, we use what I call a general agenda. We put down a bullet point list of topics we're going to talk about, and it's not restrictive. You can add something that's not on the agenda if you bring it to the meeting. Um, but we, we want to have some guidance and in some priority order of what's most important that we get to right now in terms of the weekly tactical. But it's, it does have a written agenda, but it's not restrictive in the sense that you can add things to it as you go along. Uh, another thing that we do in in a in a meeting like this is not only do we work the agenda and go through it together, but then I go around the room and I call on each individual person. What else do you have for today? What else do you need to bring up for today? And we add that to the agenda as we're starting the meeting. Or sometimes we'll just work through our agenda if it's not too long. And then I'll say, now let's spend some time going around our room and be sure we're uh, hearing from everybody and that everybody's got everything they need from this meeting. So, we do, we use a general agenda, not restrictive, but we also use uh, this method of going around and giving people opportunity to have input, to ask questions, raise issues. Now, this is not going around the room and letting everyone have 25 minutes. This is going around the room and saying, what's on your plate for today? What do you need to add to the agenda? What issues do you need to be brought up? This is one to two minutes per person to make sure that we have everything on the table that needs to be discussed as we start working through the issues together. Now it's in this weekly tactical that I facilitate the kind of conflict I described earlier in the podcast. It's here that I want my agenda items to be problems to solve, not solutions. I'm planning to present. Okay, so it's it's where I it, it, that's what's put on the agenda are issues and problems, and I bring them up and I ask for people to give input, and I want to facilitate the kind of discussion that I mentioned early on. Now, that kind of ideological conflict-type discussion doesn't take place in, a, um, in the uh, daily check-in. That meeting is about boom, 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 what are we going to get done today? This meeting is different. It's a serious meeting to talk about how we're going to problem-solve and get things done that have to be done in our organization this week uh, or in the next few weeks, you might say. Now this kind of meeting works best for people who are coordinating together to facilitate and get things done. Uh, you need to be able to have a, a leader who can lead with a fluid agenda and can manage the, the flow of conversation to know when to cut it off and when to move it on and when to draw some conclusions and when to bring things to a, uh, to a head. You have to have a leader has a discipline to keep the meeting focused on tactics and goals and getting things done. And here's the most important part. You have to have a leader, who will not allow the meeting to drift into the third kind of meeting I want to now talk about. So besides the daily check-in and the weekly tactical, ministry organizations need a third kind of meeting called a periodic strategic. The periodic strategic meeting. Now when I say periodic, what I mean is the strategic meeting might happen once a quarter, might happen once every six months, Depending on your church or your organization will depend on how often you have a strategic meeting. Now, strategic meetings are different. They focus on strategic issues. What should we be doing and why? What are the big picture issues that we need to be thinking about for the next three to five years? Where are we headed as an organization and what do we need to do about that? Blue sky thinking is a part of this kind of meeting where you dream and you Think about the possibilities, and you come up with, uh, you know, uh, uh, skunk works type, uh, you know, possibilities of, of things that can be done. Now, this kind of meeting can last quite a bit longer. It needs to at least be a half a day. Now, if you do one of these once a quarter, probably half a day is enough. Now, because I'm at a seminary, we function on the academic calendar, we do our strategic meeting a little differently. We do a couple of them a year. One of them usually lasts a day. The other one usually lasts two days or two and a half days. That's because we're planning on an academic year calendar. And so every December, we have this significant strategic planning retreat by the executive team. We go away usually on a Monday morning, come back on Wednesday afternoon, and we spend two full days thinking about the next academic year and the next five years after that. So we look far ahead and we talk about the big strategic issues the seminary needs to address. Now, going back to the weekly tactical, what often happens in those kind of meetings is people say, well, you know, we've really got to be thinking about building a building, or we've really got to be thinking about hiring more staff. We've really got to be thinking about reinventing our doctrinal statement. You know, one of the problems, I was like, stop, stop, stop. That is not weekly tactical stuff. Let's save that for the strategic meeting coming up in the next quarter or at the end of the year. Because when you bog down a meeting trying to do all of this stuff in the same meeting, then you have incredible frustration because nothing ever gets done because you've got these blue sky dreamers who always want to talk about strategy and not think about tactics of what needs to get done before Sunday service or by the end of the month. So strategic meetings are important, but they have to be structured differently than the weekly tactical. So in order to have better meetings in your ministry organization, think of having three different kinds of meetings, daily check-in, Weekly, tactical, periodic, strategic. And make sure that you have a purpose for each one of these meetings. Daily check-in, task orientation, how's the team going to get their work done today? Weekly tactical, task orientation, how are the leaders, the managers, the directors, the program uh, managers, how are we going to work together to solve the tactical problems of getting our work done over this week or this month? Here in our organization and then the periodic strategic maybe once a quarter once every six months once a year Where you pull everyone together and you go away for a day or two and you say now Let's talk about the big picture of where we're going Why are we here? What are we trying to accomplish? What really needs to change over the long-term trajectory of who we are as a ministry organization? Let's talk strategy and then of course once you settle on strategy Then that informs your tactics and that definitely informs your daily Keep these functions separate, and you will significantly improve the function and work of the meetings you have in your organization. Again, I'd recommend the book, Death by Meeting by Patrick Lencioni. It's a good resource. I've adapted it to a ministry organization where I work and lead, and I found it to be incredibly helpful. Remember, good meetings involve relevant, productive, ideological conflict. Real ideas being shared about how things can really be done better that lead us to good solutions in those meetings. And then, healthy organizations have three kinds of meetings, not just one, that help them to keep focused in their work and not have time wasted as we try to do everything in every meeting that we ever have. Think about it. Put it into practice. Do it now. Improve your organization as you lead on.